Um, tonight, I want you to, if you got a Bible, I know some people slowly are bringing Bibles, and that's great if you don't. Pull out your phone, go to the Bible app. Um, if you don't have either of those, scripture's gonna come up on the screen. But I wanna read us a scripture in Matthew chapter nine, just really quickly. Um, and I won't, I won't take long. I wanna give you a couple things to write down. I love to be practical and to help you out in different ways. Um, but tonight I wanna talk about, um, we're gonna talk about Jesus. Isn't that fun? We're gonna talk about Jesus tonight. And I wanna tell you a couple things about Jesus. I think sometimes in church, you know, we can get going and go through services and go through sermons and things and we may learn a lot, but sometimes I think just actually hearing about Jesus gets, it, we just forget it sometimes. And so I wanna teach a little bit about Jesus tonight and um, who he is, kind of what he does in our lives, just so that I think it's always good. I need to be reminded of it. I think we should too. But I wanna talk about the topic you caught me. Um, has anybody ever been caught doing something you weren't supposed to do? You don't have to tell me what it was, but has anybody ever been caught doing something you weren't supposed to do? Anybody's parents ever? Okay. Um, I'll tell you about the time I got caught. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't like bad, bad. Um, so I have a, I have a middle brother. His name's Ethan, and I have a younger brother. His name is Nick, and so, like, Nick is like, he's a, he's a lot younger than us. He's 10 years younger than me. So whenever he was born, there was, we were all at the house, and um, he, was in a, he was in his high chair, and me and my middle brother were playing PlayStation 2. Do anybody ever have a PlayStation 2 or know what a PlayStation 2 is? I don't even know what the newest system is right now, but PlayStation 2 is where it was at. So we had a PlayStation 2, and I don't know what we were playing, but my mom was like, hey, she was literally just going down the hall for a minute, and she was like, hey, will you, will you watch, uh, like, stop playing the game and focus on, you know, my little brother in the high chair, just watch him for a set while I go down the hall. Well, me and my brother didn't want to quit playing, so we came up with this bright idea to grab his high chair and to begin to pull him, like, into the room where we were playing our game at. And so we're pulling him like by the tray of a high chair, if you've ever seen one. And it was on wheels, but it wasn't supposed to really move. So we were like pulling him in. And where we were playing in our living room, there was a step down. And so we didn't account for the step down. And so we were just like, we'll just pull him in the room. And so we're pulling him in because we're like, we gotta play. You know, like we didn't wanna quit playing. And so we were pulling him and we actually pulled him when he got to the step, we tipped his high chair over. And my little brother, like, he just falls face forward, like, he's a baby in a high chair, falls face forward. I actually think, I, I don't think I'm making this up, it actually, like, did something to his front teeth. He had to go to the dentist and stuff. It was not a good situation, and it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. I, I, I laugh thinking about it now, because I'm like, man, I was an idiot. But... Um, we pull him over, and so my mom, you know, you hear, like, and now that I have a kid, like, anytime, anytime Leo, that's my son, anytime he breathes differently, we're like, you know, you're just kind of on alert, so my mom was, like, immediately in there, and it's like me and my brother were just like, no, we didn't even pick him up, like, high chair on the floor, he's laying on the ground, the PlayStation, like, the TV's on the PlayStation, and me and my brother are just, like, standing there, you know, and I'm not going to tell you what happened next, it wasn't good. Um, I, I would tell you we had to get a new PlayStation because uh, that one got beat up, but it wasn't good. But my mom wasn't happy. Needless to say, me and my brother, we were being, we were being dumb, but we got caught. It, it was one of those moments in my life where I felt like I had been caught. 
like in the act of doing something I know I shouldn't have done, because she was like, hey, forget the PlayStation. Let's look at him. I'm going down the hall. I'm coming right back. And the next thing she knows, we've tipped my baby brother over in the floor. And, and it's like we were caught red-handed, like the PlayStation was on and the controllers, you know, the cords were stretched out. So it was like they knew, we, mom knew we were playing, you know. She knew that we were doing what we weren't supposed to be doing. And so I was thinking about being caught. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to, I was reading, rereading this story in Matthew, and I wanted, I wanted to tell you about a time where a guy named Matthew, who actually wrote the book of Matthew that we're going to read from, where he got caught in, in the act of something he wasn't supposed to be doing. And so he has this encounter with Jesus, but he's caught doing something he's not supposed to be doing. And so I want to read you the story. So just follow, kind of follow along. It's just a couple verses, and then we're going to kind of get in, and I'll give you a couple things to write down. But um, it says this in Matthew chapter 9. It said, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that here in a second. But he sees a guy named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth, Follow me, he told him. That's what Jesus tells Matthew, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. So Jesus looks at Matthew, walks up to the booth, says, follow me. Matthew gets up and follows. It's really weird. I don't know why he followed. We'll kind of talk about that here in a minute. But you got to think just a random guy comes up to you and says, follow me. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm asking more questions. I'm not just getting up and going. I'm asking what... Where are we going? What are you doing? Are you a weird person? You know, like you're kind of wanting to know some things about this guy. And so Jesus just says, hey, follow me. Matthew got up and followed him. And while Jesus, later, Jesus is having dinner at Matthew's house. So somehow they're like, they get to know each other. Jesus ends up eating at Matthew's house. And it says that many tax collectors, so a lot more of Matthew's tax collector friends, tax collectors weren't good. Uh, and I, I'm going to explain that here and say they weren't good. So they're all in this house and other sinners, they were all eating a meal together. So they're all just hanging out eating and Jesus is at the table. And it says when the Pharisees saw this, they were like the, the religious leaders of the day. They knew the Bible in and out. They knew what you were supposed to do, how you, you were supposed to live. And so they're, they're looking at Jesus. They happen to walk by. They're seeing Jesus at a table with all these sinners, all these people, uh, tax collectors and all these, these people. And they're like, Jesus should not be there with them. And so they say, they asked Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why, why is Jesus sitting with these people? And Jesus, he hears what they say, and Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. And Jesus says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus kind of makes it clear what he's there for. He's saying, I'm not here for people that are healthy. I'm here for people that are sick. Now, what I want all of us to know in the room is that everybody is actually, is actually sick, if we want to be honest. And I'm not talking about with an illness. I'm not talking about with a cold. I mean, we're sick with something inside of us. It's called sin. And we can't get over that on our own. There's no way you can get rid of that. You can't get rid of sin. Sin is, is what separates me from God. And sin, the most literal translation of that word means sin is missing the mark. So if you've got a bullseye and you're trying to actually hit the bullseye and you miss, 
you're sinning. You're always missing the mark. So sin is me missing the mark. I'm missing what God's laid out for me. So when God calls me to be holy, I can't be holy on my own. When God calls me to be pure, I can't, I can't do that on my own. We, we miss the mark constantly. And so Jesus is saying, these are the people that I, that I came for. Now, with Matthew, he's a tax collector. And what tax collectors did was they collected taxes. Isn't that fun? Uh, they, no, I'm just kidding. There's more to it. They would collect taxes, so if you made money and then the government, they would ask for a percentage of what you made, that would be called tax. So the tax collectors were people that came to your home, came to you and said, hey, Kylie, can I, uh, it's pay your taxes, you know, and you would pay your taxes. If a stranger came up and said that, you would be like, oh, this is awful, but here's my taxes. Matthew, though, what they would do back in the day is Matthew was a Jew so Matthew would go to his Jewish people in his town, and so he would go to a Jewish family and he would ask for more than he should have so that he could make more money. You, you kind of get where he's, so he would go and like, if you owe me $10, he'd be like, I need 50, and you'd still have to give me 50, I would just keep the rest. You know, I'd give the government what they owed, and then I, I would keep the rest, and so it was really bad because they knew Matthew, and they knew Matthew, it'd be like me going to Kylie and being like, charging her more, and she knows I she knows I'm doing it, but she's like, I, I can't say no because the government would, you know, it's just a weird situation. And so Matthew was not very like, nobody liked him. He's not a popular guy. He's not a guy that you're gonna invite to go like hang out with. So nobody likes these tax collectors, especially people like Matthew. So Matthew is literally sitting in a booth where they would collect taxes. So you would go to the table and he would collect your taxes and he'd say, Kylie, you know, the government asked for 10, but I get, I'm asking, you know, 50. And, and Kylie's like, oh, dang, you know, and she's got to give the money anyway. But, and she knows and she's mad at me and she's like, oh, you know, I, I just hate you, you know? And so this is how, what's going on. And so Jesus comes up on Matthew, and so he catches Matthew in the act of collecting taxes. And Matthew, was, he was cheating people, he was being dishonest, he was, he was missing the mark, he was sinning. Does that make sense? He was missing the mark with his life and what he was doing. He was, and maybe he wasn't like a bad person and he wasn't trying to miss the mark, but that's just what the world he got caught up in, because that's what happens sometimes with sin is you don't always mean to get caught up in stuff, but sometimes it happens, and before you know it, you're like, man, I'm like far away. I, I don't know what's going on in my life, or I'm really struggling with this temptation. I don't know why I'm struggling with it, but things happen, and you get caught up in sin, and so Matthew, regardless of whether he was a bad person and he meant to, he just gets caught up in this lifestyle, and Jesus comes and he looks at Matthew, and what's so crazy is that Jesus looks at Matthew, and what would you expect Matthew to do? If I'm Matthew and I see Jesus, Jesus, and I've heard about who Jesus is and what he's done. If I'm Matthew, I'm gonna attempt to try to cover up the table, you know, and to try to act like I wasn't doing it. It's not my table, you know, like, like that's not what I'm doing. I'm not here collecting taxes. It's not what it looks like. Has anybody ever heard, you know, it's not what it looks like when it really was what it looks like. I don't know how you would have responded. I'd be trying to run away from the table. I would have covered it up. It's what we do all the time with our own sin. Sometimes it's like we try to attempt to cover things up because we're like, oh my gosh, that's Jesus and I'm in church and I don't want Jesus to know that I'm struggling with this or that, but really he knows anyways because he's God. And so he sees Matthew and he's like, I know you're being dishonest. I know you're cheating people, but look what Matthew, so Matthew, I don't know if he, what he did, but I wonder if he was like me and my brother when we tipped my younger brother over in a high chair. I wonder if Matthew is like standing there staring at Jesus and they kind of lock eyes and they're like, oh no. 
Kind of like I do with my mom when my little brother's laying on the ground out of his high chair and I lock eyes with my mom and I'm like, oh no, this is not a good situation. I wonder if he's looking at Jesus like this is not a good situation. And Jesus, what he does is he just walks up and I imagine for me, I would be scared like what's he gonna say? I know this guy is holy, he's different. There's something different about him. I know I've heard what he's teaching. I heard uh, he's saying he's, got, he's, he's heard these things. And so when Jesus comes up, he's probably thinking Jesus is about to tear me apart. He's about to tell me how bad I am and how bad what I'm doing is and he's about to just rip me apart and it's not gonna be good, I've been caught. He's just thinking, Jesus, you caught me. But what does Jesus do when he comes to Matthew? All Jesus says is follow me. That's it, he, he doesn't say, Matthew, you're really missing the mark. He doesn't say, Matthew, uh, you've really messed things up and I'm really disappointed in you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, Matthew, you need to stop doing what you're doing before I love you or before I'll talk to you again. No, Jesus just comes up to Matthew and he says, Matthew, follow me, that's it. And, and Matthew, just, he just gets up and follows him. So why does Matthew, why does he get up and follow Jesus if he doesn't even know Jesus, and maybe he's heard about him, but he don't really know him, and why would Matthew get up from his table out of his sin? It'd be like Jesus, and I'm telling you, he knows what we're struggling with, but it'd be like Jesus catching you, maybe in the thing that you struggle with, and all of us struggle with different things, and it could be things that, you know, we rank things like, well, that person struggles with that, but I don't struggle with that, and we do this all the time, but whatever your thing is that we struggle with, maybe it's gossip, maybe you're like really jealous, maybe you're like a really, you're, you're an angry person, I don't know what it is, what you struggle with, but think about what that is, and you're right in the middle of it, and then Jesus walks in and catches you. And you lock eyes with Jesus and you're like, man, what does Jesus think? What is he gonna do about my sin? What is he gonna do to me because he caught me in the act of it? And so a lot of times we go through life and we're like, because I can't see God, we kind of think that God doesn't know what we're doing. Has anybody ever thought that before? I don't know, but me, I'm like, God, he can't see what I'm doing because I can't see him. So like, he doesn't know that I'm struggling with this over here off to the side. He doesn't know that like I struggle to looking at this stuff. Or he doesn't know that I struggle in this relationship or he doesn't know that I'm struggling with my purity. He doesn't know any of those things because I can't see him and he can't really see me and I'm gonna keep it from him, but that's not how it works. Jesus, he sees but this is what I wanna give you. I want, I want you to write these three down because I, I've got these, there's a ton of things about Jesus, but I wanna give you a couple of things about Jesus that I think we need to be reminded of and that are really, really important. And this is the first one, is you need to know that Jesus sees who he created you to be. So I wanna read the scripture to you, Jeremiah chapter one. This is in the Old Testament. God says this, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. So before you were born, God already knew you. He already saw you. He already knew who you would be and who he had called you to be. He knew everything about you before you were ever born. So Jesus, he actually sees you and he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you better than your parents know you. He knows you better than your best friend or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Or he knows you better than anyone else. Jesus knew you before you were ever born. So Jesus knows you. So that means he knows you at your best and he also knows you at your worst. Jesus knows every part of you. The Bible says that Jesus knows how many hairs are on your head. Like, he, he's, he's very involved with your life. He knows, he knows everything about you because he made you. He said, before you were born, I knew you. 
Like, I, I made you. I, I'm the one that set you apart. So Jesus, he sees you. But this is what's great about Jesus. Jesus doesn't just see what you do. Jesus doesn't just see where you're at in life and what you're struggling with. Jesus can see beyond what you do into who you really are. Because before you were born, God already had a plan for your life and who he created you to be. And, and what, our life ha what happens in life is we're, we're struggling and we're trying to find that or maybe we're like running from that and maybe we don't really know Jesus but we're all kind of on this journey of following or maybe seeing like, is God real? Does he love me? Who am I? Who am I called to be? We're all on this journey and Jesus says, I know you. I know you better than you know yourself and he's saying, I don't just see what you do. I see actually who I've created you to be. So when Jesus looked at Matthew, Jesus did not just see Matthew the tax collector. He saw Matthew, his son. He saw Matthew, the guy that he really loved. He saw Matthew, the, the one that he created before he was born. He saw that Matthew. So what I want you to know about Jesus, you need to know this for you and you need to know this for every person that you'll ever see in your life. Jesus does not just see what you do or maybe where you are right now. Jesus sees beyond into who he created you to be, which means that whatever you're struggling with or wherever you're at now, Jesus sees beyond that into who he's called you to be. And he's not just saying, hey, you need to do better. Jesus is saying, follow me, walk with me. And we're, we're walking that way. Walk with me, I'm gonna teach you, I'm gonna show you. So Jesus doesn't just see where you are now, he sees who he's called you to be and who he truly made you to be. So he sees you that way, but he also sees everyone you meet that way. So this should change the way that you look at people. So now you don't just look at people and be like, man, that person, they're crazy, or that person is really messed up, or that person's really missing the mark. Now you don't just see that person's missing the mark. Now you begin to see people the way Jesus sees them, and you look at people and you say, you know what? Jesus sees beyond that. Jesus created them, and he's got a plan for their life, and so I want, I want to see that. I don't just wanna see like you in your worst state. I wanna see who God's called you to be. And so Jesus, he actually sees who you are now, but he also sees who he's created you to be. So it should really encourage us because the lowest points in my life, Jesus still looks at me and he still says, hey, I know who I've called you to be and we're walking that way. I'm not leaving you, I'm not, I'm not letting you go, I'm gonna keep walking with you. So Jesus, he sees who he created you to be. And this is number two, Jesus comes to you in the middle of your sin. So in Romans chapter five, I wanna read this, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while you were still a sinner, while Matthew was still collecting taxes, while you were still looking at that thing, while you were still in that, it, it, you, while you were still living an impure life, while you were doing whatever you were doing, Jesus, he died for us. So Jesus did not just say, hey, I'm gonna wait and see if you say yes before I love you. He didn't do that. Jesus didn't wait and he's like, hey, uh, Taylor, whenever you get your act together, I'll love you and, and then you can follow me. Now, Jesus, he comes to you in the middle of your sin and he says, I, don't, I see what you're doing right now, but I see, through, I see beyond that into who God's called you to be. Jesus, he comes to you in the middle of your sin. 
okay? So Jesus, when he sees Matthew, Matthew's in the middle of his sin, but Jesus approaches him. I think what happens sometimes in our lives is we think that when we sin or that when we're in a lifestyle that doesn't line up with scripture or that's not who God's called us to be and we're, maybe we're struggling, maybe you're like really far from God and you're like, I don't know how to get to God. Wherever we think that in that place that Jesus is standing off with his arms crossed being like, you need to change. You need to get your life together because I like, I want to do stuff in your life, but you're awful and you need to change. No, no, Jesus, he, anybody ever heard the parable of the lost sheep in scripture? So, you know, you have a hundred, but one wanders off. What does the shepherd do in the story? Does he stay with the 99 or does he go after the one that was lost? So Jesus, his nature is to be with you. It's to come to you in the middle of your sin. And Jesus does this when he comes to you in the middle of your sin. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians. He doesn't, he doesn't just come to you in the middle of your sin. He becomes your sin. So I want you to think about that because I think sometimes we don't even think about how amazing that is that Jesus, perfect, never sinned. He goes to a cross and he becomes my addiction to a substance. He became my, uh, the, the things that I did like late at night one night that I'm really not proud of, he became that. He, he became the, the things that you know you shouldn't have said and the, the way that you talked to that person, he became that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, God made him who had no sin, so Jesus had no sin in his life, but God made him to be sin for us so that in him, whenever you, whenever you get into relationship with Jesus, what happens is now you're no longer the sinner. Now it's no longer Matthew the tax collector in this case, in this story. Now it's Matthew the son, it says, so that we might become the righteousness of God. That just means that you could become in right standing with God so that when God looks at you, he doesn't say, he doesn't see like, hey, that's um, Case the tax collector. He doesn't see that anymore. He sees that's Case my son. He doesn't see like uh, that's, like, that's um, the addict. He sees, no, that's my son, that's my daughter. That, so, so Jesus, he comes to you in the middle of your sin and then he becomes your sin so that you could be who he created you to be. So he doesn't come to you in the middle of your sin so that you could feel better and then be like, all right, I'm good. I'm not sinning anymore. You know, I'll try to do better, God, and then just keep living the same life. No, Jesus, he comes to you and he says, I'm gonna become your sin and your struggles and you're missing the mark so that you can become who I've created you to be. It's like the greatest transaction ever. It's the, it's the greatest thing ever. What's amazing to think about is Matthew was cheating people. He was doing transactions with people like, hey, give me more. He was cheating people. Jesus comes to Matthew and says, I'm gonna become your sin and you just give me that tax collect and that sin in your life and now you're gonna become my son. Now you're gonna become righteous. You're gonna be in right standing with me. So Jesus, he's given us this transaction and he's saying, hey, I've become your sin. You're missing the mark, your struggle. Now you can become who I've called you to be. So Jesus, he, he, he comes to you in the middle of your sin and this is the last one and then I'm gonna pray with us. Jesus invites you to follow him. Now this one is simple and it's like, yeah, I've heard that, I, I know what you mean, but, but Jesus, I want you to know, Jesus does not invite you into a list of do's and don'ts. Jesus doesn't invite you into a life of where you wake up every day afraid that you're gonna mess up and you just try really hard to be a good person and hope that God is, is pleased with you. Jesus, he doesn't invite you into that type of life. What Jesus does is he says, I, 
just follow me. Just follow me. That's, that's what I'm asking of you. When he came to Matthew, he could have said, Matthew, this whole tax collecting thing, garbage. We need to get rid of it. We need to fix this thing. This is not good in your life. He could have done all those things, but what Jesus invites us into is he invites us into a relationship with him. And when you get in relationship with Jesus, what Jesus does is he just begins to walk with you. And daily you get up. See, you don't change. You don't get better by trying harder. You you actually transform and change whenever you daily follow Jesus. When you give your heart and your life to him and you say, Jesus, I'm not doing things my way anymore. I'm following you and your way of life. That's why Jesus says, this is in Matthew 9 in a different translation. Jesus says, follow me as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher. So what does that mean? That means, Jesus, you're not just my friend, even though you are my friend. You're my master, which means what you say goes. So if you tell me to love an enemy, that means I love an enemy. If you tell me to give, I give. If you tell me to pray, I pray. If you tell me to love that person, even though they, they really wronged me, then I'm gonna love that person because I, you're not just my friend and my savior. You're my Lord, you're my master. So I follow what you tell me to do. I, I honor that you're the one that's telling me how to live my life and I'm gonna do that. And the reason we struggle with that is because our whole world around us says, do whatever you wanna do. But Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to give you life that you could never imagine you could have. But what I'm asking is that you'll follow me. He's saying, follow me and I'm going to show you a new way walking the same path of life that I walk. So Jesus is saying, there's a path that I've called you to walk on and I'm going to show that to you as you daily follow me. So Jesus, his invitation to us is to follow him. So what does that look like to follow him? It means every day I get up and I actually give my heart over to him every day. So this is what I think sometimes happens with Jesus. As we get into a relationship with Jesus and maybe you say, Jesus, I love you, I give you my life. And what happens is we do that once. It's kind of like on a wedding day when you get married, like when me and Nicole got married. Uh, I, that day we said vows to each other and you know we cried and it was just really sweet and everything. And we said, I love you. And we said, I do. You know, we, we said our vows and then it's like, I now pronounce you husband and wife, you know. And it was just an amazing, it was an amazing day. But what would have happened if we got married and then we walked out of the church and I never said I love you again to her? Or what would happen if, if, I, if I never, I, we never went on a date and we never talked and we never spent time together and we just kind of lived in the same house but we never talked? And then maybe one day Nicole comes up to me and says, hey, like, we haven't talked in two years. And what if I was like, but I, you remember our wedding day, like I told you I do and I love you. I said our vows that day. I think sometimes we treat Jesus like that. Is we're like, I, I told you I love you. I told you, I give you my life. I, I told you that, yeah, I said yes to you. You remember that, that night in church, you know, I said yes, I was crying and it was really powerful and I said yes to you and Jesus is saying, yeah, but I just, I didn't just invite you into a moment, I invited you into a, a life. I invited you to follow me. Jesus didn't just invite us to say, okay, I'm good, I'm going to heaven one day, so I'll just kinda try to be a good person and I'll try not to do bad things, I'll try to do a little more good things and uh, maybe they'll equal out and maybe I'll do more good than bad and, and it'll be okay, I'll go to heaven one day. But Jesus is like, that's not even what I invited you into. Jesus says, I invited you to follow me. And when you follow Jesus every day and you get up and you say, Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my Savior, I give you my heart, I give you my life. I don't wanna do things my way, because if I do things my way, it's not gonna end well. My way is pulling my little brother 
in his high chair in to play PlayStation and pulling him over and knocking him on the ground and busting his front teeth and it being a really bad situation. That's my way because I'm like, oh, even though mom said, like, forget about PlayStation for a little bit and watch my little brother, I just can't. Like, I love it. I want to keep playing. And so, you know, that's what happens in our life is maybe we know Jesus says, hey, this is how I've called you to be. And you're like, I know, but everybody's doing that. And this, it seems so cool. And I want to do that. And I don't want to miss out. I want to be that. I want to be there. I want to do that. I want to have that name. I want to be in that crowd. Whatever it is in your life, it's like, I want that house, that car. I don't know what your thing is, but we all have this thing in us. It's like, I want my way. And what happens is we all end up at some point pulling our little brothers onto the ground out of the high chair because it just doesn't work my way. But Jesus, he invites us into his way of life and his way of doing things. And so every day I wake up and I'm like, Jesus, I give you my life. And I open the Bible, even though maybe you don't understand every word in it, and you open the Bible and you say, Jesus, I really wanna know you more. And so I'm gonna open it and I'm gonna read it today. And I don't have to get it all when I read it, but I know that you're feeding me as I read it and you're growing me and you're transforming me. And so I'm just gonna read it. I'm gonna trust that you're gonna open my eyes. And can I promise you something? I won't promise you much, but I can promise you that Jesus will open the Bible and he'll open your eyes and you'll be like, man, I didn't even see that. I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't even see that in, in the Bible before. I never understood that. Now I actually understand it. And he begins to teach you through his word. And then you sit with him in prayer and you're like, Jesus, I love you. And there's this thing going on at school and I really need you to lead me and guide me in this because I, I, wanna, I wanna do things your way and I wanna walk with you. So Lord, help me to see people the way that you see people. Or maybe you got a family situation and you're like, God, this family situation is bugging me. I don't know what's going on and I'm, and I'm, I'm hurt by it. I don't, I don't understand what's going on in my family. But Jesus, I trust you because you're my, you're my best friend and I love you, and I know that you're gonna walk with me through this, and so I trust you that you're gonna do what needs to be done, and your, your will's gonna be done, and, and I'm just gonna follow you. That's what it looks like daily. It's just kind of practically you saying those things and telling those things to Jesus, because Jesus desires not just you to follow rules. Yes, there are things in scripture we're gonna follow. Yes, I'm gonna pray. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remain pure. Yes, I'm going to be connected to a body of believers. Yes, I'm gonna do the things, the, the things in scripture that Jesus tells me to do. I'm gonna be obedient. But Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I'm asking for you to walk with me every day. Thank <laughs> you.